0: You are listening to audio from Community Bible Church. If you would like to find out more information about us, please visit us at cbcsavannah.com. Just kind of doubling up what Clint had said. So one of the things that we started doing five years ago, if you're kind of new, it's kind of one of the visions I kind of had for us. One thing is, is that every year we would adopt a people group that does not have the scriptures in our language and that we would adopt them and we would provide what we can through companies like Seed Company and Wycliffe. And so we've done this for five years now. And this year, uh, God has allowed us to uh, adopt a people group called the Tarbis, which is not really their name, but I can't tell you their name because then you know where they are and we're not supposed to tell you where they are. But let me just tell you this. It's a very dangerous place that you would not go on spring break, okay? And they don't love Jesus there. Uh, they actually persecute him. Uh, so it, it is a place that, that our brothers and sisters don't have the scriptures. And so we have adopted them this year. And so next, next week's offering entirely will go to that. And so whatever you give, uh, if you want if this is a time you're like, ah, man, we had a little extra, next week would be a great week to give it because it's going to go right to that. And let me just tell you, there is no better investment, right? There's no better thing to put your hope in than that which the grass withers, the flower falls off, but this endures forever. This is the only perfect thing on the earth, right? Uh, that which God has given us in his word. And so... Um, in four years, there'll be a new president and six years, new senators and two years, new mayors and governors and all these things. Put your trust there and it will be different in in, in a just amount of time. This is secure. And when you will stand before Jesus one day, our church and everybody, and um, if you're here 20 years, if you're here 10 years and you have been faithfully giving uh, to the work of the ministry here, what you give goes to this. And so you will hear from the Lord Jesus, you invested in my word. These people in Fill in the blank, you can't hear. But these people in a very hard place got the word of God because you were faithful. Well done, well done. I mean, that's a good day. So I just wanna encourage you in that. Last year's uh, translation to uh, Southwest Tangier people, again, not their name, but a people group of 2 million people in Eurasia. Uh, That translation is going well, Mike as we call him, is translating. He's translated 17 books since we started with him last year. Already had the Gospels and Acts. He's done 17 new books. He's working on Hebrews right now, First and Second Corinthians right now. Next is Romans and Revelation. So there's a people group of 2 million people in a very hostile environment that are getting the scripture in digital form and, all and, ver- and uh, on tape because you guys have faithfully given. So... It's exciting stuff, so we're excited about that, and we need to be excited, right? We need to be excited. Some of you are super depressed this morning because I told you Georgia was going to get whooped, and you didn't believe me, and you thought I was a false prophet. I'm a real prophet, all right. I'm just saying. And all you Clemson fans, you got beat by the Catholics, so I'm just telling you, not a lot of happy people in the Church of God today. But God is winning, even though Clemson and Georgia are not. So. But how about those Liberty Flames, six and 0, right? Come on. Where's my Liberty fans, right? The Baptists beat the, the techies. Okay, good. All right, we're in first John five. Go ahead and turn there. First John five, we have been working our way through this book. Got two more weeks. Uh, and, and we've entitled it that you may know, because John is addressing a church he cares about, he loves very much, and some false teachers had come in and, and brought some people out, and they had left, and those false teachers were trying to pull more people out of the church. And so there's just a lot of things that he wants to affirm in them and remind them. So every week we've looked at a that you may know, fill in the blank. So we've looked at forgiveness of sins, assurance of salvation, the heart of God, that you're part of the family, of God. Last week, eternal life. All these different topics right, that they may know. And today we have a new one. As we continue, we'll be in verses 14 through 17. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, one of my sons, his Xbox was broken. And so I was like, okay, let's get this thing fixed. So I you know, Googled around. There's this place in the mall that says, we fix Xboxes. I'm like, awesome, that's what we need. So I go, take it into that place. I say, all right, here's the Xbox. What, you know, what, what, you know, what do I do? And he says, give me $35 and then we'll fix it. And then the balance, when you pick it up. I said, that's awesome. Uh, how long two weeks great two weeks all right so i call back in two weeks hey dropped my son's xbox off two weeks ago just checking on it see oh yeah, yeah we're way behind uh, it'll be it'll be a bit we'll call you when it's ready okay thanks call him after another week week three hey just checking you said it's gonna be a while don't call us we'll call you when it's done i'm like okay touchy touchy all right week four call him again yeah, yours is next in line. We're gonna work on yours next. Oh, great. Okay, good, because it's been four weeks and you guys said two weeks. That's two plus two is four. That's double, okay? So just saying, just reminding you. Oh, yeah, it'll be done. We'll give it to you. All right, good. Week five, call them again. Yeah, I just checking. They said ours is the next one and it must be the most complex Xbox like the, like the shuttle or something. I don't know. You know. Uh, you know, the guy's not here right now, but um, I'll have him call you. All right, so then I said, okay, we're going to the mall. And I hate the mall. I just hate the mall. But I go to the mall. It's a Sunday afternoon, so I'm kind of holy because I've preached. So I'm in a good mood, but I'm in the mall. And I walk in, and I'm like, hey, this is my son. It's been five weeks. I think you guys are trying to launch his Xbox in the, in the, in the you know, orbit or something because I don't know what's taking so long. He's like, hey, the guy will be back in an hour. Can you come back in an hour? I'm like, fine. So I walk around the mall for an hour, right? Which is miserable. It's like going to Ikea. It's awful. All right. And so I go and I come back in an hour and there's the guy. He's like, Hey, the guy's in the back. He's working on yours right now. I'm like, all right. I see him back there. I'm like, okay, good. He's back there. All right. He just looks like he got out of his mom's basement, but he's back there. Okay. And so I said to, I said, how long? He said, 30 minutes. I said, I can't wait anymore. I got to go home. Call me when it's done. We'll call you in 30 minutes. 30 minutes later, phone rings. Hey, uh, Mr. Fowler. Yes, you guys done? No, we we can't fix your Xbox. <laughs> Don't you advertise? We fix Xboxes, and you can't fix it. So, so I go in. I get my son to go pick it up. Uh, lose my thirty-five dollars, of course, right? Call this, call run around, all that, nothing. And I tell you that story because I think that's how some of us, I think, sometimes view or experience. Prayer, call, run around, call, call back in a week, call, don't call us, we'll call you, call, yeah, well, I, yeah, you're next, yeah, you're next, call, yeah, it's, it's ready and we couldn't do anything about it, sorry. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then, then why pray? There's no hope there, that's discouraging. And what John is going to encourage us with today is, that's not prayer, we can have confidence that God hears our prayers. We can have confidence that God answers our prayers. So, today we're going to look at that. How do we have confidence? That you may know confidence in prayer. That's our, that you may know today as we unpack just these, these little four verses um, that you would see for us. And prayer is our second uh, core value we're in our specs S P E C S. The P there is prayer. And we want y'all and our own selves, do not see this as some frivolous religious thing, not a waste of time, not something to be discouraged about. So we're going to look at that. And here's where we're going, just kind of big picture. Going to give three uh, kind of reasons we can have confidence and then an application for each of those reasons, right? Uh, so that you would have confidence in prayer. Let me read our text. It's real short, four verses, and then we'll kind of unpack it together. Verse 13, 14, excuse me. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. So he starts off we're gonna, we're gonna kind of spend most of our time uh, in that first section um, of, of verse 13, and, I mean 14 and 15. But he starts off saying this. this is, I'm gonna kind of break this down slowly for us because I think it's worth our time. This is the confidence. We've seen that word before, the boldness um, that we have toward him. Who's a him? Him is God. Him is your Father, right? We've been talking about God as our Father. Last week, we saw uh, that our Father, that our Dad gives us eternal life, which means that our Dad wants to live with us forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Now, I'm a Dad, and I love my kids, but I do not want them living with me forever and ever and ever in fact I want them moving out soon (laughs) not too soon but soon enough but here's the reason why we have confidence it's based on relationship your dad loves you and wants to be with you forever isn't that great And I think the reason some of us, the reason I struggle with prayer sometimes is because we see it as this kind of religious thing. And all it is when you boil it down is talking to your dad. That's what it is. It's talking to your dad, right? It's a conversation. We got to start thinking of it that way. Picture a child, right, after church, right? Some of you have little kids, um, and you've if you've had little kids and your kids are older now, but you remember this you're talking to so and so and you're after church, you know, back before COVID times, before we kicked y'all out and sprayed you with like Lysol on the way. But we used to hang out and talk to each other, and you'd be you know, hanging right here. and The kid will come in from nursery and he's got his little, you know, uh, toothpicks in the cross and he's got a little picture and he colored of Joseph in the coat of metal. He woo and he sees his parents across the room. How does what does he do or she do? They're not like sheepishly, oh, hiding in the corner. No, they run up to their parent and they grab their leg and they interrupt you. And they say, hey, buddy, how was class? That's confidence. That's what he's talking about. You can have confidence, right? Let's continue, he says. This is the confidence we have toward him, towards our dad, that if we ask. This is what a Greek, uh, in a Greek structure is called a third-class condition. So it's the outcome is, is not necessarily known, but it's probable. So it's if we ask, and he hopes that we ask, but it's up to you, so you gotta make that decision. But here's what I want you to see based on this. And this is the first reason to be encouraged. This is the first reason we have confidence, because your dad wants to hear from you. The same dad who wants to be with you forever says, I wanna hear from you today. I wanna talk to you. I want you to talk to me. And so here's the application, ready? Very simple, call your dad. Call your dad. Talk to your dad. Not like a, you you better call your father. You better call your, not that call your dad. Call your dad. Because as a parent, as a father, as a mother, as a stepdad, as even uncle, think about this. When you're a teenager, if your teenager would actually do this, and maybe they don't, and, and, and probably it's not as often as it should, but if your teenager calls you and says, "Hey, mom or dad, I have a question. I really need some advice." What are you? Aren't you like, Hallelujah? I mean, isn't that like your response? Because usually they're telling you what to do or what they know is true. But when they call you and say, "Hey, could you could you help me with something? I need advice. I need to know how to process this." Man, that's a good that's a good thing. Or if you're you know you're older and your kids are older and you're, and your kid just calls you just to talk. No, you know, hey, did you watch the Georgia game yesterday? Yeah, fella was right. <laughs> Always is. <laughs> you, what's going on? How you guys doing? Were well, you just checking in? How good does that feel? Just want to talk. Nothing big. Not asking for money. Just talk. Man, if us as parents delight in that, how much more our heavenly father? See, that's confidence. Confidence means you're not a bother. You're not bothering him. He's not like, oh my goodness, they keep calling. And then, oh, Gabriel, my goodness, this kid keeps calling me, ghost. Voicemail, please call back. The Trinity is busy. I mean, that's not what happens. You're not a bother you can't mess it up right there's no oh i have to i have to come and make sure i say these words and these words and these words and impress god and you make sure i pray real long jesus actually says that's actually not the way to pray he says when you pray you do not heap up empty phrases as a gentile it's not say 30 hail marys and four our fathers and then you're good you don't know that's repet- repetition that does not get you heard not, that's not what it is. It's talking to your dad. One of my kids, a few weeks ago, he comes up to me and he just made a request. Very simple. He did not say this. If he came up to me and said this, I'd be like, what are you talking about, Willis? If he came up and said, oh, Father, El Capitan, one who is short in stature but mighty in strength, I behoove you and your admirable self, I entreat you that you might just open up on the portable mobile device, the application that is named after the great river of the South, the Amazon, and purchase for your humble servant a Reformation Day slash harvest party costume. No, see, if he said that, I'd be like, okay, we need to stop taking Latin or something in class because... No, what did he say to me? He said, dad, can, we, can you get on your phone and open Amazon and order me a Halloween costume? And I said, yes, let's do that. Why? Because we have a relationship and it was simple and it was a request. You don't have to impress. Confidence means you don't have to be afraid. And I know there's a temptation for us, especially if you haven't been walking with God recently or you've kind of rough go at it and it's been the first time at church, you haven't read your Bible and there's a temptation like, well, I can't really pray now until I go to church three times and then I kind of clean my slate and then I can pray. Don't buy that. Draw near to me, God says, and I will draw near to you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door. I will come in with him, I will dine with him, and he with me. That's the heart of your father. Freedom to speak. Confidence means I don't have to impress him. I can speak bluntly. I can speak my heart, even if my heart is confused. Because guess what? You could speak your heart. Guess who already knows your heart before you speak it? God. Guess who knows what you need before you ask it? He's not like, oh my goodness, they're tight this month in the budget. I didn't check their, their Bank of America statement this week. I should have known this. He knows before you ask, he wants you to talk to him. Call your dad. Some of you college students need to call your parents. Anyway, and that's another application not related to this, just saying. All right? call your dad. It continues. This is the confidence that we have towards him. If we ask anything according to his will, great phrase. Anything, according, don't, don't take the end off there because false teachers love half verses, right? If we, it's not we just ask anything, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And here's what I want to zoom in, kind of second idea here that gives you confidence, that gives you hope, that gives you encouragement is that your dad hears you. Your dad hears and we've all been in that conversation where we feel like we're not being heard. We've all called the 1-800 number or the office number. and okay. Please press one for Mandarin. Press two for Klingon and three for Elfin. You know, you're like, okay, I want English for number seven. Okay, all right. If you would like to talk to someone about this, press seven. If you would like this and you 8, 6, 7, 5, three, or 9, by the time you're done, you're just like zero, 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 zero. Operator, talk, talk to someone for the love that is good, for all that is good in the world. Please let me talk to a person. Would you like to talk to a person? Yes. Please know that we are experiencing extremely high call volume right now. It's one in the morning. Okay, great. It's a local water company. How can we be having, you just want to be heard. You just want to talk to somebody and know that you're being heard. And what this text is saying is your dad hears. If you are a child of God through faith in Christ, you are a priority. Just like my kids, if they call me and I'm on the phone with you, I'll be like, hey, let me call you back. It's my kid. Let me call you back. It's my son. Let me call you back. It's my daughter. You do the same thing. Why? Because there's a priority that you are heard. And as I was thinking about this week and I actually was just, sometimes some sermons come together, sometimes they don't. This one wasn't coming together. So I took a walk and walked about a mile just around the neighborhood. If you see me walking on waters, it's not because I lost my mind. It's because the sermon's in a bad place. All right, so you can pray for me. Um, but I'm going out and I'm walking, and I'm just asking the question: Why would we think God doesn't hear? And there is times, by the way, that God, your your prayers are hindered. Husbands, if you don't love your wife so in an understanding way, God says, don't pray. But also, if you regard iniquity in your heart, you're walking in active rebellion. I'm not talking about you. You kicked the dog this morning. I'm talking about hardened heart, resisting God, running from God. He says, "If you, if that's your heart, come with a humble heart and repentance, and and, and I'll hear you." But I, I think that's not why some of us think God doesn't hear. I think that if if I can speak for at least for me, the reason sometimes I think, "Man, is God hearing?" is because I'm not hearing any answer. I'm not seeing a a yes. I'm not. It's kind of like I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, and I get nothing, it feels like. And remember, God answers prayers in one of three ways. Yes, we love yes. Help me to get into Georgia. Yes, woo! Help grandma to be healed. Grandma's healed. Yes, we love yes. But then there's no. And no's not so easy, is it? Sometimes we don't even know why there's a no. Just like when a parent says no, and you're like, well, why? Because I'm in charge that's not necessarily a horrible answer, by the way. Sometimes God says no, and we're like, I don't know why. Paul says, God, please take this thorn of the flesh from me. It's killing me, it's killing me, it's killing me. No, no, no. My grace is sufficient for you. Don't you think a healthy Paul is a better Paul than a sickly Paul? I do. But yet God somehow doesn't. He thinks it's better that he be dependent. Even John You know, John, I'm sure John saw some nose in his life. You remember who John's brother was? A guy named James? The sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder. James and Peter are thrown in jail early on, pretty early on in the church. Church starts praying. Get him out, Lord. God frees Peter. Remember an angel comes? It's kind of a miraculous story, and the angel frees Peter. Guess what happens to James? He dies. He's killed. You think, This is one of Jesus' homeboys. He's in the inner circle, and he's the first one to go. You would think that James could have a longer life. He'd be like, John, maybe he gets to write a book of the Bible or two. He didn't write any. The book of James that's in the book of the Bible is actually a different James. It's the half-brother of Jesus, James. So James goes early. You're like, you don't think John was praying, Lord, free my brother, free my brother. I mean, I know he used to pick on me, but I don't want him to die. The church is praying, James, free James, free James. He's important, he's important, he's important. James dies. Why? I don't know sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says, this is the third answer, probably the hardest, wait. And wait feels like no, because we're impatient. Because we like to go through the drive-thru and have it in like three minutes. And if it's like, it's five minutes at the Chick-fil-A, I mean, come on, give me a break. My pleasure, nothing. Yelp. Three out of five, five minutes wait for my waffle fries and a shake. Right? Because we like it now. And so when we have wait, wait. Lord, we want kids now. Wait. Lord, I want the promotion now. Wait. Lord, I want to move. I want to, I, want to, I want to sell the house. I want to go. Wait. Sometimes wait feels like no, but it's not no. It's just not God's time. Or sometimes God does say no because it's not his will. And here, here's the application for us, right? It's to pray God's will. Pray for God's will. That's what He says. Verse 14 and 15 again, this is the confidence we have towards him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, and that's a first-class condition, if we know, and he does, and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked for him. There's one prayer that God answers every time with yes. You know what it is? When you pray his will. And I'm not saying like when you just tack on at the end, your will or pray in Jesus' name, because that's the same idea, right? Jesus says, pray things in my name and it'll be given to you. His idea is pray according to the will of God. This is what Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's not just that he taught it, he modeled it. He's in the garden, he's praying, he's sweating drops of blood. He's about to face the wrath of his Father on the cross for your sins. And he says, Dad, please take this cup from me. It's gotta be another way gotta be and the father says there is no other way and he says your will be done he not only taught it he modeled it which is one of the reasons why the writer of hebrews says we have a high priest who can sympathize with us you realize that there's multiple reasons he was tempted in all ways without sin jesus got no from the dad just like we do sometimes his father told him no Like the writer of Hebrews says this, that in the days of his flesh, Christ Jesus offered up prayers and supplications without cries and with tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard. The father heard him. He wasn't ignoring him. He just said, no, this is my will. And so he learned obedience through the cross, right? So even Jesus knows what it means to get a no. But just, we have to understand and come to a place where prayer, we realize that prayer is not just giving God our will, it's where we receive God's will. It's not about changing the heart of God, it's about God changing our heart. It's not about changing the will of God, it's about God revealing his will, his will for us. So we come to our dad and we make a request, because Paul says, it's not that you shouldn't make requests, bring everything in prayer and supplication. Cast all your anxiety. You bring your requests. But then as this conversation continues and you're asking and you're seeking and the spirit is moving and showing, you start seeing motives. And maybe my motives aren't so pure. I mean, I wanted to win the Powerball and I was gonna give to church, but maybe I actually just wanted a, a, a nice beach house. And James says, hey, if you're asking so you can spend it on your pleasures, don't, that's not why we ask. Does God give good things? Does he give materials? Absolutely. But if it's all about you and not about him, those things come to light through a conversation with God. And so we, we hear yes and we hear no and not this job, but maybe later and we, and we get yes, we're thankful. And we hear no, we're like, man, that's hard, but I trust you because you're good. And maybe it's weight. It's like, man, maybe there's something better. And I don't know what it is. And I just got to trust that God is good. He's a good dad who loves me. He's proved his love. And that while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. He's already given me everything in his son. He's given me eternal life. I can trust him with this. And that process of receiving and understanding God's will. Please understand, if you have a closed door, if God is saying, no, the worst thing you can do is try to bust that door open on your own. I'm just telling you, just trust me. Trust me. Or if you rush the process, how many times we, 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 we thought he was the right guy, we thought that was the right job, and we're so thankful after a year, we're like, woohoo! Not only does he look like a train wreck after 12 months, but he's in jail. Glad I didn't marry him. Glad I didn't go work for that company. Just found out that there's insider this and there's all this stuff and I would have been caught up in that. Right? Because God knows best. Remember early on in this church, about 09, we were in Johnny Harris Bankville Hall downtown. We had about 80, 100 folks. And we were just pursuing a building. We just wanted to get out of that, that banquet hall. We didn't want to have to set up. And there's this church down on Waters Avenue. It's a little white church. And it, we thought, I thought, man, that's a, that'd be a perfect building for us. It's a little bit bigger than what we got. We go to services we want, have an empty parking lot. And, you know, it was just great location. And we were convinced, man, man, maybe God's doing this. And so we, we call, I kept calling them. Nothing, left messages on their voicemail, nothing, right? Greg McGinney wrote them a letter. It was eloquent, telling them how much we love God and how much we love them. And please let us use your building. I mean, we were just so nice, nothing. I even sent people on Sunday, I'm like, man, go see how many people they got. I mean, during a service, people would sneak out the back and go drive by and say, there's only like four cars there. They have nobody at the church. We're like, man, this has got to be God's will. I mean, I even went over, don't tell them, I even went over there and I marched around that building seven times like it was the walls of Jericho. <laughs> Praying, I'm, don't knock the walls down, we need them more, but play, break their hearts for us. I didn't bring, I brought my little shofar, you know what I'm saying? And nothing, never, then, and so I was like, man, God, I felt like that was the right place. And then there was another building on Habersham. We were like, oh, this is it, man. It's bigger, got some more classrooms. They wanted 60,000 a year in rent, but I was like, oh, we can do that. I mean, it'd be tight, but you know, we can grow. Then we found out there was another church interested and this place was kind of playing us off and trying to get some extra rent. So we're like, we're not doing that. We're not playing this game. Frustrated. And then all of a sudden, boom, spring of 09, conversation with some of the folks from South Gardens Baptist Church next thing you know they're joining us and we're in a free building next door right and if we would have went to any of those other locations we never could have grown like we did we never we'd been landlocked we couldn't do the ministry we we're doing the neighborhood and now we have that building this building that building those couple houses that we've kind of tried to, to do some things with all debt free because God knew what he was doing if we would have knocked down a door gone into that not waiting and trusting, right? So that, that's what we're talking about. And, and I know they, it's, it's sometimes confusing to say, well, how do I know God's will? She's praying according to God's will. What does that even mean? Right, and that's another sermon, another book. But the, 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 the short and skinny is God's word is God's will. He's saying, I think I should marry that guy. He's super cute, got nice hair and a good Instagram account, and he likes good coffee. He's just not a Christian, but I think I should marry him. That's not God's will, not right now. Because God's word is God's will, right? And, and we need to stop treating God's, God's will as some like magical like path through the forest that we have to discover. Walk with God, he will reveal his will. You may not see but a step ahead of you, but I promise you God cares more about who you are than where you are. If, if, you're, if you just follow him day by day, you'll you'll get where he wants. And you're like, well, what about, I mean, I got two job offers. I got an offer in Cleveland and I got an offer in Kansas. And there's no Bible verse that tells me what I should do there. Well, you probably should do neither because really, Ohio, Kansas. But that's another story. But if you just walk with God, if he wants you in Cleveland, you'll end up in Cleveland. If he wants you in Topeka, he wants you in Topeka, right? He's gonna get you where he wants you if you're just humbly walking with your God. Just be be sure you're you're obeying the the clear revealed will of God because you're not gonna know the specific will, who you should marry, what job you should take if you're not obeying the clear. Because why should God give you more specific revelation if you're ignoring the whole love your neighbor? Do not get drunk with wine. You're doing that and you wanna know who I should miss and we're saying, well, let's do this stuff that's clear first. Then God will reveal the unclear. And then you wanna see God's, Hand-moving prayer. Start praying his word. Pray his will. What are His? What is his will? There's a thousand things you can start praying. Uh, is it God's will for you to love your spouse? Yep. Why don't you say, Lord, please help me to love my spouse better. Right? And I promise you, you start praying that, asking God that, you're going to see it. You can see opportunities. And maybe this clarifies, should I move to Cleveland or Ohio? I mean, or Cleveland or Kansas? Because God's going to say, you know Cleveland is cold, and your wife doesn't feel loved when she's cold. Or this job is going to let you be home more and be with your kids and be care, because you're a, you're following the clear. You start praying, Lord, man, we've got a little extra this month. You've blessed us. We want an opportunity to be generous. Show us where. Boom, I can promise you, you're going to see an opportunity. This ministry needs a fridge. You can buy them a fridge. This place over here needs this. I, you start praying and looking at this. God wants you to be generous. Is that his will? Absolutely praying i want to be lord i'm the only christian in my unit i'm in my office the only one at my school my roommate just help me to be strong but help me to be a light and be distinct and be holy for you are holy is that god's will that you'll be holy because he is holy absolutely you're gonna have some opportunities to stand up you might be standing alone but you're gonna have the opportunities if you're praying that or lord that relationship went sour 12 months ago and we haven't dealt with that and i feel bad and i feel like man i need to At least be at peace with all men, and I need to release and forgive. I don't know what that looks like, Lord, but just make that happen. Is it God's will for you to be at peace with all men? Yes. Is it His will for you to forgive? Absolutely. You start praying that, you better watch out when you go to Publix this afternoon. Old girl's going to be there. You're going to run into her in the line, and you can't hide behind your mask like, oh, I shouldn't have prayed that. Because it's God's will. And, and, and we need to believe when God says something and we start praying that, I'm not saying name it and claim it. I'm saying if God says, this is my will for you, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Is that the will of God? Yes. You start praying, Lord, help me to be pure. Help me to abstain from sexual immorality. Is he gonna help you? Yes. Is it gonna still be a challenge? Maybe, but he's gonna give you the strength to fight it because it's his will. That's, that's where he moves, Right? And we need to be a people that believes when we pray that too, because without faith, it is impossible to please him. Whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. James says, if you're gonna pray, make sure you're believing, because if you're not believing in what you're praying, then why are you praying? Right? That's why I love verse 15. Look at it again. If we know that he hears us, we do, and whatever we ask, we know that we have present tense. Right? Remember, tenses matter. It's not that we will have the requests. What does he say? You already have. When you pray according to his will and you believe that he hears, you already have what he has promised. Now, it may come to pass in five years. You've been praying for your grandparents. You've been praying for your kids. You've been whatever. It may, you may not see it, but it's a done deal in God's mind. You have it. And I think for us, you got to remember that faith is not just the, the, the belief that something that will happen. It's the conviction that it has. Why? Because God says it. That's, that's huge. When you talk about prayer and faith, now you can look at lots of guys in the Bible. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly it wouldn't rain. You can look at James, the half-brother of Jesus. They called him all camel knees because he prayed so much his knees were like camels. Uh, in church history, there's a man, if you have never heard of him or read his biography, you gotta read it, a man named George Mueller. 19th century, born in Germany, modern-day Germany, did most of his ministry in Europe and England. Uh, and uh, man, this guy, has got story after story. If you wanna see somebody that prayed, crazy stuff. Like he's head of an orphanage, and there's no food in the orphanage for these 100 orphans and it's breakfast time. He has everyone setting their plates, and they pray for food, and the food comes. I mean, it's crazy stuff. You got to read his thing. One of the one of the uh, stories I love. He's crossing the Atlantic. It's eighteen seventy seven. He has to be in Quebec by tomorrow afternoon for a conference that he feels like God called him to speak at. And all of a sudden, the ship is just engulfed with fog. Captain slows down the ship. They can't go anywhere. They don't want to wreck. You know, you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to. Uh, what would happen to the Titanic a couple years later? And and old Mueller goes to the captain and says, Captain, I gotta be in Quebec by Saturday afternoon. Captain says, it's impossible, impossible. So Mueller says, very well, if the ship cannot take me, then God will provide another way. So let us go down into the chart room and pray. And the captain says, Mr. Mueller, uh, you do not understand how dense this fog is. Do you not see? And Mueller says, no, my eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstances. So let's pray. So he gets on his knees and he prays. And the captain Is the one who tells the story. Mueller didn't even tell the story. It's the captain. He says, it was the most simplest of prayers I've ever heard. Something like, God, you're great. Take the clouds away. Amen. Something super simple. Uh, And the captain, after Mueller prayed, he's like, well, I guess I should pray. So he gets down to pray, and Mueller says, puts his hand on his shoulders, do not pray. He says, first, you don't believe that he'll hear you. And secondly, because I believe that he already has answered Says, Captain, I know of my, I've known my Lord for fifty-two years. There has never been a single day I have failed to get an audience with the King. Get up, open the door, and you will find that the fog is gone. So they walk across to the door and open it, and the fog had lifted. Guess who was in Quebec the next day? And guess who became a Christian right after this and wrote the story, the captain, as a man who believes. God cares about even the littlest thing. And I'm not saying we can stop the rain so you can get to your car without an umbrella. Maybe you can. But I am saying that God hears, pray according to his will. Your dad wants to hear from you, call him. And one more thing. This is the fun part. 16, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is, a, there is sin that does not lead to death. What is that all about? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Commentaries don't know. It's all over the map. They don't know what a sin leads to death is. There's a lot of you know, different potentials. Some say that it's apostasy, that these people on the left, possible. Some saying it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit, because Jesus says don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's possible. If I had to land somewhere, I would say that there is sin that Christians can do and continue and persist in that if you consistently reject God, that he may discipline you and take you home early. You want an example, Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts, they lie to the Holy Spirit. They lie to Peter's like, boop, go to heaven. You see it in 1 Corinthians. You see a group of people that were so divisive and so hateful towards their other Christians. They're getting drunk at the Lord's table. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And Paul says, some of you have gone home early because of this. So that's what I think, that there is a sin that has a consequence that you have so bringing the name of Jesus into uh, ill repute that the Father says, it's taking you home now. So he's saying, I think he's saying, you know, we shouldn't pray for that, but that is possible. But here's what I do know. Number one, they know what he's talking about, whatever it was. And number two, uh, that God, your dad, cares about those you care about. I think that's the point. How hard is it for us when we have someone that we care about, we love, spouse, kid, friend, and they're just train wrecking their life with sin? And you're just standing back and you're watching it. It's just like, stop. And so God cares about that. And so the application is this, pray for them. Don't talk about them. Don't even go talk to them first. The first and the best thing you can do is pray for them. You have a wayward child Pray for them. You have a friend who is in a tragic, horrible relationship. Pray for them. Your spouse is neglectful. Pray for them. Your friend won't listen to any kind of counsel. Pray for them. Your coworker is hateful, spiteful, mean. Pray for them. Someone you know that you love has an addiction. It's destroying your family and them. Pray for them. I'm not saying you should never go talk to them, but first talk to God, because what this does, it transfers the burden to Him. It releases the burden from you. You don't have to control it. You can't change their heart anyway. It invites the Holy Spirit in. It reduces conflict. Because some of you think, if I just tell them this, 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 and this, these 50 things, it'll be well. Before you tell them the 50 things, ask God to move and what the things you should say or not say are. God cares about these things, y'all. He does, because you care about them, and he's your dad, Right? So God cares for those you care about, pray for them. And and one more quick application we'll end. And this one's not in the text, but I think it's worth saying is celebrate, answer prayer. God answers prayer, celebrate it. Even if he says no, that's hard, I get it. God heard me, he knows what's best, I trust him. God said, wait. That's hard to wait, but I know he's... Or if it's a yes, man, tell people. Some of you have been praying for years for things and you're you're hearing answers to prayer. You need to shout that from the rooftops. You need to tell people. You know why? When I hear that God answers this prayer, you've been praying for eight years, three years, eight months, whatever. You know what that makes me want to do? Pray. That's why community is so important. So celebrate it, share it. Tell the faithfulness of God, right? God wants us to have confidence in prayer. Prayer works. Prayer is, is a way that we talk to God. Your dad wants to hear from you, call him. Your dad hears when you pray. Pray according to his word. Your dad cares about those you, you care about. Pray for them and let's celebrate. Let me pray and we'll worship. Father, thank you for these truths. I thank you for um, hope in these things. And I thank you to hear at us. that you hear us. And I pray now as we... Uh, Just reflect on this, that you would, for someone who needs encouragement, let them be encouraged. For those who need a reminder, let them be reminded. For those who just need to cast their cares on you, that they would do so. For Christ's name's sake, I pray. Amen. You guys can stand.